Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for allowing us to gather in this your house today for the purpose of worship. God, we not only come to worship you and to share with you and others how we feel about you, but we've also come, God, to hear from you so that we can understand better what it means to be in a personal relationship with you through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you, God, for the presence of your Holy Spirit that is already here. We pray, God, that he will continue to linger among us. God, that he will manifest himself in the life of each and every person. And God, that your grace will be sufficient for each and every one of us. We confess, God, our inability to do anything good without you. So, God, as I open myself up unto you, have thine own way. Speak, God, into this, the ears and the hearts and the minds of your people. Transform us, O God, into the people you would have us to be. Let your word go forth and not return unto you void, but may it accomplish the purpose for which you have sent it. And God, will be careful to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. We genuinely and truthfully thank you, God, for the legacy that this church has and for all the things that you have done and those things that you're yet to do to your glory, to your praise, and to your honor and for the sake of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Forgive us of our sins. Receive our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you would turn with me, the King James Version of Psalm 124, very familiar passage of Scripture. I just want to say I like your theme. Amen. When you talk about a peculiar people, Showing off an extraordinary God. Amen. And uh, that's a wonderful theme. And how true it is that Christians should forever be in the business of showing God off. Amen. And I want to tie into that with Psalm 124. And reading those eight short verses. And if God has enabled you to stand, if you can, we ask you to do so. If not, we understand. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Forrest say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up quick when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord, who has not given us as a prey to their teeth. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we are escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Verse 3 says, Then they had swallowed us up quick when their wrath was overflooded against us. Then the waters would have overwhelmed us and the streams would have gone over our soul. Then the proud waters would have gone over our soul, honored and glorified and magnified be the Lord who has not given us as a prey to their teeth. Our soul has escaped as a bird. Watch this. And the word escape simply means smoothly slip through. 
So he says, honored and glorified and magnified be the Lord who has not given us as a prey to their teeth, but our soul has smoothly slipped through as a bird out of the snare of the fowler. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Why? Because our help is in the name of the Lord. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Verse 1, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side. I want to speak to you from the thought, the importance of if. The importance of if. Most biblical scholars and theologians attribute this particular psalm to the authorship and penmanship of King David who was also known by his contemporaries as the sweet psalmist or songster of Israel. David had ruled and reigned as king in Jerusalem and Judah for a psalm of 40 years. And he had gained the glorious reputation as the greatest king that had ever sat on the throne in Israel other than Christ. And although at that time he was the only second king to have ever served in that particular nation, Even today, King David is remembered and holds the esteemed honor as the greatest king of Israel besides Jesus Christ, our Lord. He literally composed this song, my brothers and sisters, at a time when he was privileged to look back over his life and while reminiscing and reflecting upon the awesomeness of God's grace that had favored him from time to time and from the time of his birth through all of his battles with life, He thought about all the dangers. He thought about all the difficulties they had faced as a nation and even him as an individual and how they had so often just barely escaped the traps that the enemy had set and the hands of the enemies that had tried to pull them down. They were literally designed to destroy them. And then all of a sudden it appears as if it dawned on him just how often God had rescued and redeemed them from being completely annihilated and to their benefit had brought them through the dangers seen and unseen. He brought them through the valleys of despair, the shadows of death, only to distinguish and establish them as a chosen nation, as a peculiar people that was considered as the apple of God's eye whom he possessed as his own. And I believe, my brothers and sisters, it was at this point of his meditation when the songwriter recognized the importance and the significance of the two-letter word, if. And I just want to pause parenthetically just to say that whenever we as Christians look back over our lives, whenever we look back over this 145 years, as I saw, as I heard a young lady say it could be 145 minutes, when you think about where God has brought you from, when you think about what the Lord has done for you as an individual, as a collective body of believers, you ought to be able to reminisce and look back over your life and give God some praise in the present for what he's done in your past. In fact, I maintain that every Christian ought to have at least three testimonies. You ought to have a testimony of your past, you ought to have a testimony of your present, and you ought to have a testimony of the future. 
In other words, every one of us who have been born again, saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, ought to be able to look back over our past experiences and have a testimony of what God has done for each and every one of us. Every one of us have come from some place in the past. Every one of us have come out of an Egypt of our own. Every one of us have been enslaved to something. And every one of us ought to be able to look back over our lives and say in the present moment in which we live that if it had not been for the Lord, when I was a drug addict, when I was a prostitute, when I was this, when I was that, whatever your situation or circumstance may have been, you don't have to be ashamed of admitting what you were when you come to the house of God because all of us have been attributed and connected to the four-letter word where. All of us know what it means to be W-E-R-E. We were once something, but thanks be to God, we're not what we used to be. God has brought us a mighty long way, and I get tired of some church folk who like to sit in the church and acts like they ain't never been nowhere and ain't never did anything but my Bible tells me that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God so when I look back over my life and I think about where the Lord has brought me from I don't mind lifting up holy hands I don't mind standing up and saying thank you Lord because if it had not been for the Lord on my side, everybody ought to have a testimony of your past, but then you ought to have a testimony of your present. Because while God has been good to all of us yesterday, I stopped by to tell you he woke you up this morning. In fact, even right now as we sit here and stand before him, he is good to us even right now. I like to say it like this. Every time you inhale and exhale, that's, that's another sign of the blessings and the grace and the goodness of God in your life. And so y'all have a testimony of your presence. Somebody used to say like this, the Lord is blessing me even right now. Don't have to have anything miraculous going on. I realize that every second, every moment of my life is a blessing because it did not have to be. It could have turned out something differently, but thanks be to God, it's as well as it is, and I want to bless him for it even right now. And then as Christians, you ought to have a testimony of your future because although you know where you've come from and where you are, you also have been given a revelation of where you headed. And I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to those pearly gates. I'm looking forward to that golden street. I'm looking forward to seeing those who have gone before us. I'm looking forward to talking to my brothers and my brothers and my sisters who have gone before me. But all of that says is well and done. But I'm looking forward to seeing Jesus one day. I want to be able to bow before him and give him praise. I want to just say thank you for how you brought me over. I want to thank you for how he kept, dealt with me, how he kept me when I could not keep myself. I want to give him some thanks for how all the places that he brought me through, all the situations he delivered me from, all the circumstances he brought me out of. I just want to spend some time and say thank you. And so, so I believe it was at this point when David began to look back over his life. And, you know, sometimes you don't, you don't realize just how good God has been to you till you get some quiet time and you start reflecting on all the things that God has done and that he's doing in your life. Those jobs that you never thought you could get, that education and 
and the families that he has given you, the situations he has brought you through, the circumstances he's delivered you from when folk walked out of your life and you thought you would never be able to make it and you cried all night long and then the Lord stepped in your life and took the place of that person who had lied and promised you all these other things and he stepped in and he stood by your side through the thick and the thin, through the ups and the downs, through the smiles and the frown and now look at you, you can look back over your life and now you're happy, now you're blessed, now you're satisfied. Back then you didn't think you would make it but look at where God has has brought you from and look at where he has brought you to God is too good to us for us to sit down on him David said if it had not been for the Lord but he didn't really say if it had not been for the Lord watch this he said if it had not been the Lord in other words if it had been anybody else we would have been in trouble because there's some things money can't buy there's some things mama can't do. There's some powers that daddy don't possess. And if it had not been the Lord on our side, David was saying in essence, although he was a king, even his kingmanship couldn't have delivered him from something. He was a warrior, but his skills as a warrior couldn't deliver if it had not been for the Lord on our side. May Forrest say. You see, the word if means in the event of. Implying if the circumstances and conditions had not changed or if the situation had not been shifted to your advantage, then the final outcome of everyday life could have been quite devastating to say the least. And when I think about that word, if, when I think about in the event of, when I think about that there have been circumstances and situations that were designed to destroy me and to cause my life to be a wreck, but then somehow, some way, even without God giving me forewarning, he shifted that situation to my advantage so that everything will work out for my good. That's why I like Romans 8 and 28, that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. If if was the difference between defeat and victory, or rescue and rejection. You see, and for the people of God, and especially for you, force as you celebrate 145 years, everything in your life depends upon the two-letter word, if. Somebody said, I don't understand that. I don't believe it. Well, think about it. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just. To forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Christ from the dead, you shall be saved. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become brand new. If you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you can say unto this mountain, be thou removed and it shall be moved. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, then will I forgive their sin, then will I heal their land. If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, let the people of Israel say and the people of Forest say, if God be for us, who can be against us? I tell you, everything in life depends upon the word if. In fact, 1,784 times the word if is found throughout the King James Version of the Bible, signifying the significance and the importance of the two-letter word if. Now, I believe, my brothers and sisters, as I head to a close, that there are at least three major reasons uh, to be gleaned and gained from this particular passage of Scripture 
that justifies your right and reason for celebrating 145 years as God's peculiar people who have been chosen and possessed by God. First of all, if recognizes the Lord's presence as that which makes the difference. See, when we celebrate, a lot of times we forget that if it had not been for the Lord, or if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, which subtly implies that God could have been on somebody else's side. Come on, talk to me. See, and see, but the fact that he was on our side, the fact when the enemy rose up in this house in 145 years under every pastorate where the enemy tried to destroy the congregation, created division and schism and all kind of gossip and all kind of trouble and financial shortages and all the things that you've gone through. And if it had not been the Lord who was on your side, if the situation hadn't shifted to your advantage, we wouldn't be here celebrating today. But now we're here celebrating today because as David understood that it was not by his power, not by his might that caused his life and his hidden labors to be so fruitful and successful, but God made a difference. I wonder if there's anybody in the house that knows the reason you're where you are today, the reason you're doing as well as you're doing, is because God has made the difference in your life. There have been folk who have promised things to you and lied. There have been folk who have stood up and said, I got your back. There have been folks that I do this, that, or the other, and they have not fulfilled it. But if it had not been the Lord on your side, if recognizes that the Lord's presence as that which has made the difference. And I'll tell you now that I said again and again, don't ever forget where you come from and don't ever lose thought of the fact that if it's not for God in your life, if Jesus Christ was not a part of you, you couldn't not only celebrate today, you couldn't celebrate at all. But because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. David, David said, the word if recognizes the Lord's presence as that which makes the difference. He realized it was not by his military might that got him over. He realized it was not his expertise with the bow and the arrow that protected him from their enemies. He realized it was not his ability to use a sling skillfully that brought down Goliath. It was not his ingenuity or intelligence that promised and guaranteed them their victory, but it was the Lord that made a difference in their lives. I thank God for your pastor. But let me just use myself for an example. First Baptist does not exist and remain as strong as it does today because of me. It's not where it stands today because of people who are academically prepared to move forward, who are, who are wealthy by way of finances or knowledge or other forms of wealth. We're not that because we have skill and talents and experience. If it had not been the Lord, we just recently celebrated 180 years, but it wasn't because of what we've done because we're just empty vessels when we come to God. It's God that makes a difference in our life. And if it were not for the Lord on our side, we wouldn't be able to do it. You could have been dead. You, In fact, some of us should have been dead, sleeping in our grave, but the Lord shifted things to our advantage. We have become a vessel fit for the master's use, not because we deserve it, but because we need it. David had a tendency to pray on a regular occasion that he was poor 
and needed. And the people of God must always be mindful of the fact that while you are a chosen generation, while you're a royal priesthood, while you are a peculiar people, you're not royal and you're not chosen and you're not peculiar because of who you are. You're simply that because God has called you that. Because truth be told, when you look in the mirror and you look in the mirror of life, you can't even agree with God. And so when I look at myself and God says I'm righteous and I look at how I struggle from day to day just to do what God would have me to do, I can't boast about my righteousness. When God says I'm clean and I'm fresh in his sight and I look at the filth that I go through from day to day, I can't agree based upon what I see. But because the Lord has given me his righteousness, I don't stand in my own righteousness. I stand in the righteousness of Christ. And the reason I can rejoice is because he makes the difference in my life. If it's a daily reminder and it recognizes the Lord's presence as that which made the difference. But then secondly, if it's a daily reminder that without God, we would have perished. Because the writer said it like this. He says, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up quickly when the wrath was kindled against us. The waters would have overwhelmed us and flooded us and the streams would have gone over our souls and the prior waters would have gone over our souls. He was saying in essence that we ought to be reminded daily that without God, every one of us would have perished because men do rise up against you. I don't care what you call the name of your local church. There are some people in every local congregation that are not born again Christians. And they are there to create mess. And the only time they are getting involved in anything, they won't join the choir to be singing praises to the Lord. They're not a part of the deacon board to serve. They're not in the ministry to preach and teach. But they come for mess. And I don't care what your name is. Everybody's got some mess in the house. But I thank God when they rise up against you, when they try to do what they try to do they cannot overcome because of the Lord that's on your side he said when the storms of life were raging anybody ever been in a storm and it doesn't have to be a collective storm as a body of believers but you've been through some individual storms it may have been a storm of sickness a storm of finances a storm of some domestic problem in your home but whatever it is storms growing up in life but it says if it had not been for the Lord when the storms of life were raging when the winds of adversity were blowing hard against us when the ferocious beasts of the wild came up against us they would have overwhelmed us but thanks be to God bless it blessed be the name of the Lord who didn't give us as a prey to the hands and the teeth of our enemies. If it's a two-letter word, but it reminds us daily that without God, when you're riding down the street and that accident almost happens, you ought to remind yourself if it had not been the Lord. And watch this, it doesn't necessarily have to be you in the accident. You could ride down the street and see another accident. Because the same plan that the devil had for them, he has for you as well. And you can say if God had not shifted that situation to your advantage, if he had not called you to take a different route or to be running late that day or go earlier than you normally go, that would have been you. And if it had not been the Lord on your side, it is a daily reminder that without God, we would have perished. 
Why is that? Because it was God that provided for you. It's God that protects you, that preserves you from the seen and unseen dangers of life. It was God who has kept the enemy from closing these doors. It was God who held you together until you got it together. It was God that covered you and cared for you when all others failed you and forsook you. It is a daily reminder that if it had not been the Lord on your side, you wouldn't be celebrating today. And so finally, as you look at the importance of if, it's important because it recognizes that the Lord's presence is that which makes the difference. It is a daily reminder that without God, not only would we have perished, but in most cases we should have perished. But then finally, if is the reason behind our praise. We could stay here all day and talk about all the people of each generation that has contributed to the success of this local congregation. But when it's all said and done, none of us could honestly say that we've done it without the help of God. Am I right about it? Nobody. And so when you come together, you ought to not be ashamed to praise him. Because nobody knows like you know what the Lord has done for you. Nobody knows like you know where the Lord has brought you from. Nobody knows like you know what God has brought you through. I believe every one of us who are of age have something in our lives that we have been ashamed of, that we are afraid to tell people about, that we don't want anybody to know, that we're afraid to expose, but it was because of the grace of God. And let me say it like this, even before we had a personal relationship with God, he was watching over us because we were making it day by day, not because we were praying, but because somebody connected to him was praying. When we were too foolish and too ignorant to call on his name, God has somebody that we may not even have known by the first name, crying our names out on my behalf. I thank God. And so I praise him because if is the reason behind my praise. Nobody knows like you know how many times the Lord has seen you through your trials, troubles, and tribulation. Nobody knows like you know just how many prayers have been answered, how many sins of yours have been forgiven, how many souls have been saved, how many lives have been transformed, how many families have been reunited, and how many hearts have been turned to Christ because if it had not been the Lord. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. And the psalmist said in this text as I close, if it had not been the Lord who was so good to you. In Psalm 107, one of my most favorite scriptures, says, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. I said this morning that good is an understatement because God has been better than good. But he says, in essence, that if you know God has been good to you, he says, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. When folk do you good, you ought to at least pause and say thank you. And then he goes on to say, for his mercy or his loving kindness endures to all generations. But watch this, he says, then let the redeemed 
of the Lord say so. The word redeems means that somebody has been rescued. And I just want to ask as I go to my seat, is there anybody in the house that's ever felt like you were in a trap that you couldn't get out of? Mama couldn't help you. Daddy couldn't help you. You couldn't deliver yourself. But then you begin to call on the name of the Lord and somehow, some way, God rescued you from that situation. Well, the Bible said if that's you, let the redeemed uh, of the Lord uh, say so. You might be sitting here as a single parent and somebody whispered in your ear one day, got you pregnant, gave you a child and some children and told you they would always be by your side. But when they got tired of you, they kicked you to the curb and you didn't know how you were going to make it. And then you cried out unto the Lord and God rescued you. Well, the Bible says, let the redeemed uh, of the Lord say so. Maybe you were coming up in life and were taught the right thing. You got off track like many of us. Found yourself incarcerated. Perhaps maybe spent a little time behind bars. But God brought you out. Shifted that situation to your advantage. You got introduced to Jesus Christ. Not by, by way of religion, but by way of righteousness. And here you are today in his house. Because God has redeemed you. God has rescued you. Well, the Bible says, if that's you, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Okay, maybe that's not you. But if you've ever been broke, and you didn't know how you were going to make ends meet, and you tried to apply for some government help, but the application was going to take months before it could deliver, and then somebody, by the grace of God, stepped in on your behalf God shifted that situation to your advantage and now you got money in the bank now you got money in your pocket now you make it not from day to day but from week to week from month to month from year to year if that's you today then the Bible says let the redeemed of the Lord say so I'm done after this maybe you've been sick and on your bed of affliction I somebody close to you was sick and you prayed for them and the doctors had already shaken their head but somehow by way of some miraculous touch of the angel of God that person is alive and doing well today what the Bible says if that's you let the redeemed of the Lord say so I know I said that's the last one, but one more comes to mind. Maybe somebody, you depended on dying in your life. You were close to that person. That was your leaning post. Uh, but God took them home to glory. And you didn't know how you were going to make it. And you've been grieving and grieving. But God gave you strength. And God opened up doors. And God made a way out of no way. If that's you today, then the Bible says... Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Well, some of y'all still ain't said nothing. Well, let me say it like this. Let me go to another psalm. Psalm 150, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Maybe you ain't been redeemed. But if you can inhale and if you can exhale, then the Bible says, uh, let everything that has breath uh, 
Praise the Lord. Come on, people of God. Give God some praise in his house. If the Lord's been good to you, bless his holy name. Let the redeemed, let the redeemed, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Lift him up. Give him some glory. Talk about his goodness. Bless the name. I will bless the name of the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. If mama don't praise him, I'm still going to praise him. If daddy don't praise him, I'm still going to praise him. If my children don't praise him, I'm still going to praise him. If my friends don't praise him, I'm still going to praise him. If nobody praise him, you don't know uh, like I know uh, what the Lord uh, has done for me. If the Lord's been good to you, bless his holy name. Bless it. Bless it. Be the name of our God. The importance of if. God bless you.